and the lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Hello, Lemonheads out there, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lemonade Legend Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here as part of our special episode of The Lemonade Stand, book number two, and the authors that will be featured in it. Um, this is uh, series three, and we're delighted to have Julie Jones, all the way from Georgia, joining us today. So, Julie, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. How are you? I'm doing great. I noticed a little Christmas tree back there, so we've got some Christmas spirit going on in your house. That's yes. great. <laughs> What's the weather like? Um, does Georgia get like a winter? Yes, it's been a little bit colder in the mornings than it was like in the 30s, but it, yesterday it warmed up to 60. Oh, that's nice. That's not bad at all. No. Cool. Good, good. Um, so um, I'm in Panama right now. Wow. How's so, the weather there? Uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's been really nice, but not cold at all. Um, but fortunately, not too hot. So it's been actually very pleasant. Probably seventy five or so with a nice breeze. So it's actually oh. been very very nice. Um, but a little bit different way to spend Christmas for me. So well, Christmas is just I don't have any decoration for my own home. So um, I made sure we brought down some Christmas music. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like I'm in the spirit, yeah. So anyways, um, but yeah, I am so happy to have you here. Um, Thanks. As one of our authors, um, just before we uh, jump into talking about some of your stories, can you give us a little background about you? Well, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go as far back as birth. <laughs> How about, you know, just give us a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do, your family, you know, let, let, let's talk about, you know, maybe about how things have been going in, during COVID. Oh, okay. Well, uh, COVID hasn't been very kind to my family. <laughs> we haven't gotten it, thank goodness. Um, but as you know, my father passed away in August. So that's just been one more thing that's been on top of the, the COVID that just hasn't been very good for me emotionally right. and having right. to stay inside. I'm an em empty nester. So um, it's just pretty quiet. I have my husband, but he's usually working in the other room. So it but was a good, what? Your husband works at home as well. He does now. Um, his office decided to, um, work from home. So uh, they changed it a couple months ago where he can go in a couple days a week and then work at home a couple days a week. That way he's not there um, the whole time and then other people come in on the days that he's not there. They kind of, that way the whole staff isn't there anyways. 
You know, we all have to, you know, and pivot a little bit and figure out how to make it work. So, um, right. yeah, sounds like he has. And um, uh, as far as I understand, though, you did lose your job at, um, when COVID hit. Is that correct? I did. I got laid off back in March. But it was a good opportunity for me to write the book and start thinking about in the beginning what I wanted to even say because it had been so many years since I had even thought about some of these things. Uh, so um, I had always had it in the back of my head that's something I wanted to do. So it, it's, it was really a blessing that I got laid off <laughs> and I wasn't very happy either. So it, it was for the best. It worked out. It worked out. Now I know you're in the Atlanta area. Um, what, what town do you actually live in? I live in Kennesaw. It's about 20 miles north of Atlanta. Okay. It's near Marietta. Some people have heard about Marietta. So. Okay. Originally from Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. So at least you have a slightly warmer weather than, um, or I'd say probably quite a bit warmer than what you experienced in Ohio. Yes. That's why we stayed. We moved here in 1991. Right. Right. Well, um, you also had two beautiful young uh, adult daughters, uh, young ladies. Um, tell me a little bit about them. Well, Heather is uh, doing her master's right now. Uh, she's also working. So she has a, a lot going on with her life and she's planning a wedding for April. She's my youngest and Ashley, my oldest. She is a wonderful hairstylist. She's, she really understands the the part about um, color with your hair, like if you have something underneath that's a different color and she just really knows how to to make everybody look beautiful afterwards. <laughs> she has that creativity. She does. <laughs> I've always thought about that, that, you know, I like what's on top, but I thought how fun it would be to have this like little purple under here. Oh, a flash or something, you know. I bet um, she could do that for you if you wanted. When I come see you, <laughs> she's coming. Well, with you me. know, actually, right now in Panama, I'm probably closer to you than I am when I'm in Phoenix. So, oh, <laughs> I, I probably could get out there a little bit easier. Um, but I'm just not. I'm not the brave one to do that. But I, I look at people sometimes, and I'm like, that's just so cool. I don't like the whole crazy colors, but I love that little peekaboo um look that some people do yeah um, it's pretty cool yeah it is pretty cool well good for them and they live close by do you they do ashley lives maybe a half an hour away and heather lives about an hour away right well because when the grandbabies come that's going to be very important right i know i can't <laughs> wait ashley just got married in september and heather's getting married in april so i have to be patient <laughs> you do you do but at least at least they're taking that first important step and uh, they, they found their mate so that that's absolutely great and yes, that's wonderful yeah. um and you and i came to know each other through a couple of mutual friends um uh angel Tussie, uh, uh tina torres um that i know you work with and yes. they introduced me to you because you have um, the most fabulous story to tell. And one that we both um, can readily identify with. Um, your daughters were born with uh, hearing loss. 
Yes. And um, as was I. So I identify from that side of it is what it's like to grow up that way. And your daughter's had a, um, is, is it a, a genetic um, uh, component that is, I know you've given me the name of it before, um, but what's it called? Um, it's, there's a gene, it's called canoxin, but I really don't know which one it is. There's, there's different ones. I've never gotten genetic counseling just because I didn't want to blame my husband for it. And I didn't want to feel guilty about it. Yeah. And then when we found out about Heather, we realized that it was both of us together. So I, I haven't really gotten deep into that, but I am kind of interested in finding out more about it because both of my girls have a 50% chance of passing that on. So there's, and there's not much you can do at that point, you know, even knowing what the genetic components are. So, right, um, true. You can't just take it out. <laughs> that was progressive for them, whereas time went on, it, it, it uh, went from a milder to a moderate to, to um, pretty much full uh, hearing loss. Is that correct? Right. They said it was like keys in a pian on a piano, that some are either missing or they're um, broken. And as time Got goes it. on, more and more would start to fall apart. So that's All why right. I didn't really know in the beginning. Having all right, having established that, we want to dig a much more into that story, but we're going to take just a quick break. So we're going to pause for just a moment. Well, we are back and talking to Julie Jones, one of the authors of The Lemonade Stand, book two. Um, before we broke off, we um, mentioned that her children were born with a, a hearing loss. And a lot of what Julie's story is, what it's like to go through as a mother. Um, and having to deal with the extra thing of raising children. And um, an extra thing doesn't even come close to, 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 to what it's like. But uh, I, I know having grown up with a hearing loss that, yes, there are many things you, you miss out on. Um, each and an understanding of, of, of certain things. I've learned to adapt to a certain... Um, um, Ability, um, my alternative ways of communication. Um, but in your case, um, you were really proactive in learning about um, your children's hearing, and um, you worked extremely hard in making sure that they were getting everything that they needed, including juggling schedules and getting them to schools and whatnot. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be a mom? and you expect your perfect little bundle of a baby, and um, it's, it's just not in your mind that there's gonna be anything that you have, have to work double time on, right? Right. It was just really heartbreaking um, when I first found out. It's just not something I would have imagined. Um, but now with my girls, I know that they have a 50% chance that they do at least have a warning, but my husband and I did not have a hearing loss, so we didn't even think that that could be a possibility. So when I found out, I just, I didn't know anything about it. You know, I didn't even know how to help them. And it's just the unknown, you know, I just felt hopeless and 
once I started talking to more people, I realized that there was help out there. And especially in my area of where I live, I, I believe it's one of the best schools in the, in the United States. So we were less than 20 miles away from that school. And I just don't know what I would have done otherwise. So everybody kept telling me in the beginning to do sign language and I didn't know how to do sign language. So, I mean, I would have done it if I had to, um, you know, I would have done whatever, whatever it took. And I did, it just wasn't that route. The, the school taught them how to talk with their hearing aids. And I think that's one thing people don't realize is that if, if, if you're older and you learn your, or you lose your hearing, you can still, you still know how to talk. But as little babies, if they can't hear, they can't talk. So it can create a, a problem communicating the older that they get. They can end up having behavioral issues. And I certainly didn't want that. <laughs> no, and I, 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 that's one of the things I relate to so much because I remember, um, and, and we're going back quite a few more years and when your um, children were born. And so there really wasn't a lot of knowledge um, but they did recognize that my speech wasn't correct. I would say things, mostly the soft sound consonants, you know, that I was not really pronunciating very well. I will never forget being in the classroom and the intercom. Did you go to school where they had the intercom in the classroom? Yeah, you know, from the, the principal or somebody would come, you know, done so and so to the principal's office. <laughs> right. Well, I would get this method. Michelle McCullough needs to go to speech class now, and I, oh my god, it was, oh. just, it was horrifying because I'm in this classroom, you know, full of all my classmates, and it's not like it was a big kind of secret thing. It just it's what separates you. Um, you know, and so I can really, when I was reading your story, I just, it just took me right back there because all these things that you were saying that you wanted to help your kids with, um, were things that my, my mom and dad didn't have a clue about. They, they didn't pursue really much of anything. And, um, but at a mom, you know, we, we want to do everything we can kid and that was your full-time job right and I was thankful that I was a stay-at-home mom too so I had time to to go back and forth to the school every day and, and be a big part of it as well right right yeah so um and I think that that that's important when you can be really involved but probably probably also because you didn't want to take the track all the way back home just to come and back and pick them up later so it's easier to volunteer and be a part of it during the day, I'm sure. <laughs> well, it helped once both of them were there at the same time. I could work there for credit towards tuition. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, you are so fortunate to have um, to have that help that, that close by. Um, what kind of support system did you have with your family? Well, my family all lives in Ohio, and I live in Georgia, so... Um, I mean, they were always there for me, I, I knew, um, but, you know, you could only talk on the phone, see each other a couple times a year, or they would come down and see us. Uh, my parents were really good about 
coming here twice a year. And then we would go up there twice a year. But when they came down here, they were able to go to the school and actually be a part of the classroom doing birthday parties or just be able to watch them in their classroom and see what they're doing. Uh, so that was just really nice. Um, but I did have to kind of take most of this on myself because my husband was working during the day and then I would just tell him what I learned during the day of the things that we should be doing at home, teaching the kids how to, um, well, just we had to talk about everything that we did. You don't really think about it. the things that you just think about that are natural. We had to actually talk about as we were doing it. So they learned that language. Right, right. Well, and it is kind of a different language, um, you know, in a, in a sense that you really have to learn how to communicate. And I know I remember reading at one point that even though you knew that eventually they would be completely deaf, that you did not want to go to sign language because you didn't want them to go to a jack-in-a-box and not be able to order a hamburger because Nobody knows sign. I mean, I, I, I've encountered right. this before. It's like, why don't you learn sign language? Well, because I can only talk to people who know sign language. <laughs> right, exactly. Not everybody knows it. Yeah, it, it's a beautiful language, but um, yeah, it just, uh, it doesn't work in the real world out there to be able to uh, uh, function well. So I can appreciate that. Right. I mean, if it helps people that's great, you know, people that maybe have other disabilities, you know, it may be very helpful, but I come from the hearing world, so I didn't know any different. Right. So I thought about it differently than maybe a parent who already does sign language. So I, um, eventually, uh, your kid went, um, uh, ended up with cochlear implants, I believe, oh, one, has just a single one, and the other daughter has a double. Am I right on that? Yes. When yeah. the girls were little, they only implanted the worst ear, the one that had the, the um, well, you know what I mean. The, um, so anyways, they only did one thinking maybe there would be better technology in the future. So they wanted to keep the other ear open for that. And then as time went on, Heather was in middle school and she was not wanting to miss, because of her personality, she was missing out on information. And kids were starting to get both ears done. So Heather stepped up and she's like, I want the other one. She wanted surround sound. So yeah. she got the, the um, other surgery. And I was very proud of her for doing that. But um, with Ashley's personality, she was like, well, I really don't want to go through that again. But also she could hear a little bit better in the other ear than Heather. She can hear thunder and lightning. Well, you can't hear lightning, but she could hear, you know, loud sounds and she she didn't want that to be taken away. So she chose to not have that done because when the implant surgery is done or happens, you don't really um, have access to that hearing anymore because it is- right, you completely sever the natural hearing, right? Right. So when you take the processor off of the back of the ears, they look like hearing aids, but when you take that off, they can't hear anything. Yeah, right, so, exactly. How was, how was it adapting to the changes in the way sounds 
and I'm guessing on this because I believe that the, the sound is not as natural as natural hearing. Right, they, I think they still have a mild hearing loss, but I don't know what the, being a mom and not actually having it on, I don't really, I would have to ask them. I don't know how it sounds. It probably sounds maybe more mechanical. I don't know. But they have been able to adjust and um, have careers and other went on to school and one's married and one's engaged. And I mean, you can't wish for a whole lot more in your child's life than that. that that's a beautiful thing. Yes, they do very well now. Yeah, that is so great. We're going to take one more quick break and uh, then come back and finish up our conversation with Julie. Okay, oops, I made a mistake. When we came back, I didn't record. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm looking up here and I'm going, the Corey recording is still paused. Wait a minute. We're going to go back to it just like we are on the last 10 minutes. Can you do that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to talk okay. about. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, I got too many buttons and stuff here to handle. So let's see. Um, a, okay, pausing recording now. Pick up for the last 10 minutes at this point. So we are back talking with Julie Jones, who is one of our authors of the Lemonade Stand Book 2. We've been talking about um, her journey with her, her daughters and, um, and their hearing disabilities and how she has helped to manage it, create beautiful, beautiful lives for these young ladies and how hard she worked to make sure that she ensured that they had the education and um, the schooling opportunities, the um, I'm sure the interaction with other children um, to integrate into a very, very um, normal life. And, and so with the few minutes that we have left, Julie, um, let me know what really has inspired you about this um, process. And um, why now, why, um, uh, where do you wanna go um, from here? Well, I think the timing has a lot to do with it. I um, had wanted to do a book before, but I just didn't know how to go about it for one thing. And then other people had told me that I shouldn't do it just because it costs a lot of money, do a podcast instead. And that just didn't seem to interest me as much. Uh, so when I, um, I met, um, well, I, I, I've been a friend of Tina Torres's for, um, for quite a while. And then when I, um, you're gonna probably have to edit this, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so anyways, I think it's just really good timing um, that I've met you because you, you identify with my story and I just think everything is about timing and it's just, it's just perfect, I believe. And I just wanted to help other people for quite a while because I feel like I need to pay it forward. Uh, we have been blessed and I know that this has happened for a reason. 
my girls are doing great now, but I feel like I still have so much there in my heart that um, I have so much more that I want to share with others and maybe helping other parents not have to go through feeling hopeless like I did. Well, you were very much a, a, a self-taught mom in this, in, in this world of, of having to deal with the challenges right. of, uh, of, of hearing disabilities. And, and so it took a lot for you to um, interview the schools, um, find out what was out there, what, what, what were the options, what are the best options. What are the best options that you could actually manage because you know they were within a, a driving distance there's a lot that you had to learn all on your own yes that that's something it wasn't easy well and and the emotional side too you know it's, it's right like, you know, the guilt thing going on because we're moms we're moms and we always feel guilty about everything that happens and you know right. so there's so much that we women go through when uh, when we have children, even when they are, I say perfect quotation, nobody's perfect, but <laughs> even when they seemingly have that sort of normal life, it, it, it's a lot to take on to have children. And then when you have to, when you have to do even more to make sure that they grow up to be healthy and um, self-sufficient young adults, that's a lot of work to take on your part. It was a lot to take on. <laughs> but what was the hardest about every place that I even tried to get help from, they're all wanting to talk about financial information. And I'm like, really? I am dealing with so much right now. I, that's just one thing that I didn't want to, to deal with. But I had to. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next? Do we have a book number two? Yes, I would like to go on and, and have a book with more detail uh, about, about hearing loss and what, what parents should do and how to help. Oh, I think that would be great. I hope I get to be a part of it. Of I think course. Your story is wonderful. <laughs> I hope you would love to help me. <laughs> it has been a joy, and I know that... Uh, um, it's, uh, it's not always easy to share your story and to figure out how to get it from, from inside your heart and your head and out onto paper. So it was, um, it was a pleasure of mine to be able to help you to do that. And thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And for sharing your story and being brave and courageous and, um, and getting yourself ready to take an even bigger step and uh, get more information out there. So, um, Julie, thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to the book coming out in February of 2020, so coming up soon. So, well, thank so you, now, Michelle. Thank you. You, oh, you're so welcome, so welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. Um, I am Michelle Faust with the Lemonade Legend Podcast, and um, it's always a pleasure to bring fabulous, amazing authors of Lemons to Lemonade Story. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon
lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet, but the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat.